Hello. I just popped out of nowhere, didn't I? I know that was little kind of ham-handed. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. We're into March on our way to, I don't know, uh, Easter. I don't know, season. It seems that everyone says we're booked until May. But other states are opening up, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, on a lighter note, I on a lighter note, the weather is beautiful. It's a little warm for us because we expect a long, hot summer. Just the way it is down here, we get a couple weeks of. Uh, we hope we hope for some nights in the upper sixties and dry air and things like that. That's that's. What we look forward to. And I know you up north and you're looking for some unseasonally warm times too. Uh, but we, we get it. We get maybe nine, ten months of warm and then two months of kind of like nice for you guys. Really nice for you guys. It's great for us. But we... We are looking forward to it. It's great having the season. It's great having all these people. We have um, there's a lot of activity going on down in the Keys. It's really crowded. You can get yourself uh, doing a lot of activities down here: diving, jet skiing, fishing. Fishing's been great. Uh, the diving's been great. I've heard, and uh, the weather's been wonderful. We only had a couple rainy days in the last couple weeks. And it wasn't even the whole day. It's only a couple hours. So on less than a night, I, I'd like to talk on a less than light note about the contributions that immigrants make down here. A lot of people, I hear it a lot, people talk about people from other countries in our, in our country. And particularly people south of the border, Mexicans and Central Americans. Well, just yesterday, there was a horrific accident near the Mexican-California uh, border. It's inside California where an SUV, a, a 1997 Ford Expedition, fell with 25 people. You heard that right. 25 people. The only seats in the vehicle were the passenger and the driver's seat, the truck full of um, at least 10 Mexicans because they verified that there was 10 dead uh, Mexican nationals in, in the vehicle, but it crossed onto a highway in front of a gravel truck with no notification and it got T-boned, killing the driver immediately. And According to some of the preliminary reports, which we'll probably find out later, none of them were really farm workers, even though that's a farm area that they were. They got in accidents. It's an undeveloped area, a lot of farmland. But it's still people. They're still people. And they, uh, at least 13 of them died of the 25. The driver of the truck moderate injuries. There were people in the back that were thrown immediately out of the vehicle. And 
just to think of that, the, the way people put themselves in peril, just crossing the border, using, I think they call them coyotes, the people that guide them across the border. Some of them are, most of them are nefarious bunch, the people that do the human trafficking. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I never heard any stories of them being very charitable. They charge huge amounts of money to get people across the border and things like that. And these people put their lives at risk because they're hoping to get a better life for themselves and their family. Now, you can dispute almost anything, but the reason people are crossing the border and leaving their home countries, like they always do, is to get a better life. What they perceive would be a better life. More wages, more this, more that. Um, and, And... that's usually not a point of contention with people that say that. The point of contention is whether, how harmful is it that these people, and I'm not going to say these people are undocumented, but if you're in the back of a SUV that doesn't have any seats in Ukraine, I have a feeling that they were undocumented. They were, they were here... They were had a prime motivation to be here, and they weren't here legally. Okay, or they were undocumented. That doesn't make their lives any less worth. Just think of I'm going to harken back to a short history lesson in 1845 in Ireland. The potato blight started, and it happened all through Europe. But it's particularly hit Ireland because Ireland had a lot of uh, non-occupant landholders, right? And they used to use tenant farmers. The Irish used the Irish as tenant farmers. And they would lease back small plots of land to them so they can grow their own food. And they used the, the stuff they grew on the farm for the... Absentee landlords were corn and wheat, and these the price of land was expensive. They, they Ireland was a breadbasket for Britain. So, if you had an Irish family, the the easiest crop to grow to feed your family and your livestock was a potato. It had a lot of calories for the amount of space you could um, for the amount of yield you can get on a small plot of land. And it didn't take a lot of nutrients out of soil, so it didn't get all overtired. You can keep on planting and planting and planting. You don't have to worry about plantation um, plant rotation. So in '45, when the blight hit, it was a fungus, just wiped out the one of the main food sta- staples for a large segment of the Irish population. In 1845, it numbered around. 8.5 million people. And by the time it, it lasted at least six, seven years before the recovery, you know, the potato crop came back and all that. But at least one million people died and two million people emigrated from Ireland. Now they had an option when they were starving to take a ferry to go across the Irish Sea to England and work over there. 
but a lot of them opted for the more dangerous transatlantic trip to the United States and leave their family and never see them again. It was that bad. So you had 2 million people opt to do that because of starvation. And there there were options in Ireland. One was the British-funded workhouses, which they underpaid people to work in in these big um, facilities they set up. And they also did make-work projects like building roads of nowhere and all that. But we saw that. Now, if Ireland was right next to where had an adjoining uh, border with the United States in 1845, I would gamble that there would have been three million or, you know, Irish would have poured right over the border because the situation was so desperate. Much like the desperation people find in Mexico and Central America. In Mexico, you have low wages, a lot of competition for jobs. And in the United States, you have more, a higher pay. Even even the farm workers get paid more than they do in Mexico. So they're willingly do this hard labor that Americans won't do. And in Central America, you have these, well, I'm not saying the Mexican government is corrupt, but even more so in Central America, they have corrupt governments, they have gangs, the people have threats to their their lives from these people that terrorize them and their villages. So they're willing to make the trek all the way through Mexico to come here for an earth uncertain future to a country that really has displayed multiple times that they don't want want them. And they're willing to put their lives at risk for that. And hence, we got things like this occurring on smaller scales, let's say. But they happen in shipping containers and things like that. People, people will allow themselves to be packed away. And part of the problem <clears throat> is human trafficking. Excuse me, one second, I clear my throat. <clears throat> human trafficking, because they can make money doing it. And they get money from both ends. They get money from the people that want to come over here and the people that are looking for cheap labor. And the argument against undocumented workers is that they create a drain on our uh, workforce, meaning supply of jobs, available jobs when they come over. Don't don't let them take our jobs, and uh, attacks our legal system with crime. But on the you know, if there's an economist that uh, there's been numerous studies that say that people that come over here actually provide more for us in services. Now, think about just all the food that we get. Now, obviously, Texas, when having that big cold snap, there's going to be a lot of the produce. You know, they're going to see we're going to see a rise in produce that has nothing to do with there not being enough unskilled workers to pick it. That's because of the cold snap destroyed a lot of the crop in Texas. But there's other places in the United States where they need these people to go and harvest these crops because there's no automated way, automotive, uh, automated way of doing that. So when it comes to things like that, let's say in farming, fishing, and forestry, this is what they break it down. 
36% is made from uh, un, uh, unskilled immigrant labor. When it comes to groundskeeping, landscaping, building, you know, cleaning the inside of buildings and things like that, 36%. Textiles and manufacturing, 29%. Food manufacturing, like food packing and all that stuff, canning, 27%. The service industries, that's hospitality industry and like hotels and restaurants, 27%. And construction, 24%. Now, some Americans view them as competition because they'll do a job for less. Now, the people that are employing them view them as a resource. And they're able to have a profit without having to put a bigger slice into wages. Now, the argument can be said for almost any point of it, but don't point the finger all the time as the immigrant. And if it's you worry about the drain on Social Security and benefits, it turns out they end up every 100,000, and this is a study that came out, every 100,000 immigrants in the United States added buffered Social Security by 0.8%. That's an increase. So if you had 1 million, that would be, well, it's 0.08%, and then it would go up to point, a million would be 0.8%, and 10 million would be 8%. Okay? So it's going to happen. If you get more restrictive, you're just making it harder for them to come over here and you're just rewarding the human traffickers. The people want to come over here. They want to do the work. They're, they're willing to do the work. We don't have to penalize them by making them jump through hoops so much. If we can just make it more transparent on how you can get worker visas, work visas would be excellent. Canada uses that system a lot, work visas, to get unskilled workers in for agricultural industries, for manufacturing, things like that. And also, when you have a large immigrant population, unskilled, they're more mobile or migrant. And people say, well, how does that help? Well, a migrant workforce is able to fulfill a depletion. If you have a depletion of reserves of having accessible workforce, if there's an excess amount of jobs, the migrant workers will move there to fulfill that, those jobs. You don't see that as much with people, Americans, once uh, the American dream is having a house, not actually moving around and living in a trailer with 12 people. So let's be a little more considerate when we're talking about them. They do serve a purpose, especially here in the Keys. You wouldn't see a lot of these restaurants to complain about the high prices. You'd be surprised how high the prices would be if they got rid of all their unskilled immigrant workers. The prices would go through the roof. The restaurateur has to make money 
They have to make a profit so they can pay their suppliers and their insurance and a lot of times their lease on the properties they own. And these people are doing jobs, very hard jobs, washing dishes, bussing tables. Yeah, some of them are servers too. But it's needed, especially in these resort towns. You'll see this. They'll, they'll advertise for it. They'll, they'll advertise in the paper for a job. But very rarely do you get someone to apply. If someone applies for a dishwasher job down here, it's usually not a native-born American. Okay? It's just the way it is. And if you think that that's the job that's taken away from you, then you have a, you, know, you maybe have more issues than I thought. Um, on a lighter note, back to the lighter note, I got a wonderful call yesterday after I did the podcast and it came in, it was a recorded message. And the recorded message had a slight accent to it. And I'm not going to suggest where it came. It, I think it came from an area on the other side of the world that was not, it was in between China and the Middle East. Okay? That southern part. So I'm not going to point out directly what it, but when I got the message, the message came across as, hello, your social security number has been used in so-and-so, and there has been an incidence of fraud. If you um, please hit one to be forwarded to an agent. And I was curious, because obviously when there's fraud or anything like that, they don't give you a call. Most of the time, or they try to entice you with the fraud call because people know now you got to get a you get a message. But I hit one, and I hear a big phone bank. And I've worked for the government, and they use better systems for that, where you don't hear fifty people in the background talking on the phone. But this one was, and this guy called himself an agent, and he had a a very good accent, meaning very strong accent, coming from the same region, a little stronger between China and the Middle East. And he goes, my name is, and I'm going to pick a name, it was an American name, my name is Agent Frank Martin. I go, wow, okay. And he says, "Uh, can you help me out with your, your name? And I said, my name is Frank Rizzo. And he goes, well, I said, what do you got for me? He goes, well, can you give me a social security number? And I just picked the number out of my head. You know, 214-78-3142. And then he goes, tell me that again? I said, 214-78-3142. And I think I may have changed it a couple of times. And then I go, how much money do you owe me? And he goes, no, you owe the Social Security Administration or Social Security so-and-so amount of money, let's say $600. And then I said to him, no, you owe me $16,000. Can you please send a check? And he was ready to hang up, but I said, 832, go fuck yourself, Lane. This is a scam, Florida. And he goes, what? I said, this is a scam. No one calls for this stuff. And he hung up. This, he hung up. He didn't 
didn't have anything else to say. If you said that to someone, a government agent, they said, wait, what did you just say to me? He didn't say that. They were just, they were fishing. They were catfishing. They're just waiting. I guess, I don't know how many people they think. If, if you can call, like, if you can get one a week, one a week to send you a couple hundred bucks, you probably earned your pay your whole night. And that's a shame. And it goes to show you that where in the United States, people uh, aren't necessarily better people. What I'm saying, if you were more desperate, if the United States was the place where you needed to make $5 a day in order to ensure that you were eating and had a roof over your head and you just needed $5 a day, they'd be making most of the phone calls from here. And we'd be calling places like China. Maybe someday we will be. Someone with an American accent will be calling China and saying, am I talking to Chi uh, Yang? You're, you know, we, whatever their retirement or what, whatever government agency would collect fines. You could pretend to do that. And you could say, listen, you have to send your Bitcoin. You owe us $5 million in Bitcoin. And we hope to get a Chinese national who's of such an advanced dotage that they would get confused and think that they're going to be arrested. This has happened several times. I enjoy getting phone calls from them. I should have spent more time on the phone. I kind of, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed I did not take up more of that guy's time. But I also realized that he had a lot more people to call. You know, he had a much, he just wait. You know, it's going to be, whenever they, there's a phone call and you hear someone a pause if you wait if there's a you know call and then you see you pick up and you wait for it to pick up you can just hang up if someone were calling you they'd be on the phone already yeah they don't call they don't use an auto dialer to dial like a hundred people and just expect someone to call up they just uh, if someone was calling you directly for a purpose they would be on the line that's the key to it. People people don't know. And I, I get phone calls at the restaurant all the time. I got to watch out because Google Table calls up. Google Reservations, I think it is. They're very interesting. They're, it, sound, it really sounds like a person, but the timing's off. And it's just a young woman's voice. And she goes, are you taking reservations? And then you answer yes. Can I get a reservation for tonight? Yes. Would 7 o'clock be all right? Now, now that's the interesting point when we get up to that. Do you have, they don't go and say, do you have availability at 7 for two people? They'll say 7, and then they'll say for two people. Because they really haven't combined the time and the amount of people. And then they wait. And they say, would you like a name? I'm like, well, when am I going to put two people are going to come in? 
and ask for a table? Yeah, I'm going to ask for a name. So, hey, oh, okay, and the name will be, that's what they should go to, for that, and the name will be under so-and-so. And then you could tell they're not responding. You can't say, hey, can you tell me a joke? What are you wearing? Hey, you sound, I don't want to sound like Andrew Como. Oh, yeah, Andrew Como. Jesus Christ. The, um, you know, I was very hard on the previous president, and I am not immune to uh, realizing that all the wrongs are done on one side. So we started worshiping Como, New York, and we realized and say this guy's just this purported right now, and it, it looks like there is a pattern of harassment that he has. Now this is this is covered by CNN. It's not fake news when they do that, right? It's only fake news when they accuse someone on the a Republican. This is the thing about my progressive brethren will will easily once someone does something wrong they'll say hey they got to be gone we got to be pure than caesar's wife on the other hand if they don't they don't like it they'll just say they'll deny it they'll say it's fake news what's fake what isn't if CNN and MSNBC say that Andrew Cuomo did those things, then that's not they don't call it, they don't accuse it of fake news. He's going to most likely within a couple months have to resign. I I don't see any other way about it. And a pattern if there's three, it's like if there's three, you know, there's probably a couple more. It just takes a little time. Remember Bill Cosby, Donald Trump? Yeah, Donald Trump just denied it the whole time. Never apologized. It never happened, he said. Even though they have recordings of him saying stuff like that. And he didn't deny that, really, did he? So, we'll see a lot more of that. And being a bartender... I'm so glad right now that I'm not the I'm not the man I was 20, 30 years ago. And if I was drinking, I don't know how bad I could get in putting myself in a situation where I am doing uncalled for flirtations. That's what he called it, but it would be a little more aggressive than that. You know, touching someone without getting approval or asking them probing questions. Thinking that it's charming. Got to really be careful doing that, guys. I mean, women are starting to get the hang of it. But it's a different power dynamic. If I don't want to answer them, I can just say, nope, and they're not going to physically handle me. Like there's always kind of a, 
an innuendo of brute force with some guys and girls. The size disparity. Unless you're a little guy going after big girls. You know? That could be. That would be interesting. But I'm not saying that's right either. So, I'm, and I'm not saying we should, we, there's a double standard. And there may or may not be, but it's predominant. We, to be all fair, you do know, everyone knows the way guys talk, the way we do our jokes, and all that stuff. That, you know, they think, oh, well, it's all right. They agreed to this, so I can go and do this. I mean, I got thrown out of a, a strip club before. You got to work hard to get thrown out of a strip club. Now, what I did was try to make a gentleman's bet. And the person wasn't going to have it. And uh, they, they decided I didn't need to be in there anymore. As well, I shouldn't have. And I learned my lesson. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that say, I could never do it. I've done it. Maybe not in the extreme cases of the, what gets these guys fired. Or maybe not in a work environment. Luckily, I didn't do it in college. But I guess there's a... I mean, I guess there was a disparity in that. Because if you already have access to female companionship, and you don't have to... I'm going to try to phrase it the right way. If you don't have to struggle that hard for it, and you don't have to be as crude... That was always my style. No, to be charming, to go step by step, not jump ahead a step. You know, first, you know, it's always it's always good to shake someone's hand first. And then if they accepted your hand, then you could touch their wrist maybe if you ask. And go on, you know, asking. They say, well, what's wrong with asking? Hey, do you mind? Do you mind of it? And before you do it, and if they say yes, then you're in the, you're in the clear. It, it was a technique. Back then, it was a te- when I was in college, it was a technique. It wasn't one of those things they taught people how to do. It just worked for me at the time. I'm glad it worked for me at the time because I didn't have to be taught the other way. That you you know you have to teach the guys to say hey listen guys you can't do this you got to get consent like you don't fucking know that your mom didn't tell you that you didn't think about your sister and say hey you know if some if I was someone was behaving this way with my sister would I be offended and the reason I'm saying this right now besides the news with the guys. In a couple days, and I guess that's, today is the third, tomorrow's the fourth, and the fifth would be Friday. So Monday is International Women's Day. And maybe that's the day we, we remember that every woman is somebody's daughter. 
or could be someone's sister or mother. And when you talk to them, you should give them the kind of consideration you expect someone to give your mother, your daughter, your sister, your wife. You know, there's there's all it's all good and fun and well when you have two consenting adults engaging in witty and sometimes explicit repartee. We had uh, Miss May from Scotland, who's a dominatrix. And she does that for a living. But she has boundaries on how people talk to her. And she has a read boundaries on the way she talks to people. That's explicitly understood, almost like a contract. And they actually, in the S&M world, or dominatrix world, they have safe words. Meaning you say, when it's not okay to be explicit. and say, I'm not comfortable with that. And you shouldn't be able to put someone... The rule of thumb is try not to put someone in a situation where they have to say, I'm not comfortable with the situation we're in right now. I mean, it's hard to see sometimes when you're driven by your hormones, right? Your goal is to to get something and you're putting everything on the table. And there's people with problems sometimes when they do, you know, people that have putting everything on the table. Sometimes they put body parts on the table and stuff like that. And that's uncalled for. Unless it's asked for. Unless it's explicitly asked for. Not innuendo. You know, you should be careful. When certain things are over the line, you have to make sure. Say, is this what you mean? Okay, good. And we have this understanding. But there has to be an understanding first. I'm sorry. I, I, you guys that have fantasies of physical abuse of someone and stuff like that, it's wrong. It's wrong. You're, you're deviant when you look to hurt somebody. Okay, when you look to hurt someone with, and I have to say without the consent, I know there's, for every trash can, there's a lid. And sometimes they find each other and people that want to be hurt. And for You know, there's two people with certain types of disorders and they find each other. Well, that's not everyone. That's just those two people. So don't make the assumption that someone else is going to want it the way you want the way you want it. This is, goes for the guys that are in involuntary celibates. That's an incel movement. The people that suggest that they should be given more access to women. So, International Women's Day is coming up on Monday. Let's think about how we can be poor, uh, more polite. And I understand that you have to you know, bite the bullet sometimes when some women, certain women are crude and they may make some, just because some woman makes forward comments to you doesn't mean that all women think that way. Don't make that assumption. Be careful not making an assumption about a comment that isn't meant to be sexualized. Okay? So that's it. I know. Here I am. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the Dutch uncle thing telling you guys 
to do this stuff. And girls, if something's bothering you, you get out of there right away. You look for you look for your allies, and that's your friends. It could be an employee at a place, or you may have to call uh, law enforcement. Okay, well, boy, that's not a high note, but listen, that's what I import impart sometimes. I do appreciate you for listening. If you do like the show, please share this with your friends, your relatives. And if you're in Key Largo, stop by the Catch Restaurant at Mile Marker 102 Oceanside. They're open every day of the week for lunch and dinner. I'm there many a time, but if I'm not there, ask for the Keys bartender. Tell them the Keys bartender sent you. They have a great selection of seafood and non-seafood dishes. They have a great happy hour from Monday through Friday, 3.30 to 6.30. Thank you very much. And if you have any comments or anything, please send them to me at jim at keysbartender.com. Hopefully they won't. I'm the, I don't get too many emails, but when I do get an email, I'll make sure I bring it up. I haven't had any questions recently. Thank you very much and have a great day. <laughs>